From LibertyCast Studios and the Defenders of Capitalism Project, here's another capital idea from your host, Mike Williams. Mike Williams here, defender and champion of laissez-faire capitalism. Welcome back to another episode of My Capital Idea. This is Michael Williams with Mitch Whitus, and we are the Defenders of Capitalism Project, and this podcast is about, well, yeah, defending and championing capitalism. And I thought it'd be worthwhile on this episode, Mitch, to talk about both what capitalism is, but also introduce our listeners to um, a guy and a concept and a book who has some unique takes on what capitalism is. Uh, The person I'm referring to, his name is Dan Sullivan, and he runs a company called the Strategic Coach Program out of Toronto. I was a member of that program for about five years. I went back to Toronto uh, once a quarter for five years in a row, so four times a year for a weekend, and uh, had the benefit of his coaching as well as a peer group, people, other people who were entrepreneurial and wanting some life coaching, both in terms of what they were doing with their life, but also how to make their business better and more efficient and, and achieve bigger things. Um, I think Dan Sullivan has probably coached more entrepreneurs than any living person in the whole world. Um, and so he's an expert on entrepreneurship, which is really what capitalism oftentimes is. I mean, capitalism is a system of the entrepreneur. And I use that phrase, the system of the entrepreneur, almost synonymous with someone who's using their mind to come up with practical solutions and making everyone wealthier, or at least themselves wealthier, but usually they have to provide value to lots of other people to be really successful, meaning they've got a lot of other people who are buying their product or service. So I wanted to talk about it in this context. You know, what is capitalism? You know, capitalism is that system that protects rights. And so it's kind of weird how people sometimes will associate capitalism with commercialism or big business or, you know, people being greedy and trying to have more material success. Um, And we define it differently than that because that's not the essence of it. The essence of it is about rights protection, a a system of uh, of government and a socioeconomic system that basically enshrines the individual and their ability to pursue happiness, hence the connection to the founding documents of America, you know, the, the Declaration is declaring independence from Great Britain, but not just Great Britain and the king and all of the old world, but more importantly, it's not just a rejection of those things, but it's a celebration and an acceptance of the individual being the primary unit in any social system and that individual's right to pursue their own happiness. And I think for this episode, Mike, I'm looking forward to truly being part of your audience because I've never read this book. I don't know much about Dan Sullivan, so I'm hoping that by the end of this, you can convince me to read it. I think I will. I, I, you let me know whether I'm successful or not. And I, and I want to convince the audience generally, not just you, Mitch, to, to consider the ideas of Dan Sullivan because he's a guy who's had, in a sense, a laboratory. And, and in, in many cases, you know, that's sort of what the spirit of entrepreneurialism and, and maybe even broader than that, that's the spirit of Americanism, You know, having people try different things, being free to try different things, both to fail and to su- succeed and to own that su- success or that failure. And so, again, he runs a program, and I don't want to be just a uh, you know a commercial for Dan Sullivan and the strategic coach, but I think it's important that people know that many of these ideas are from him and, and it, it wasn't that I came up with them. So 
one of the things that I think is unique, and I'm not sure I quite agree with this, but his, his book, the book that I'm referring to is called Capitalism and Everything Else. And he's basically making the point that this is what capitalism is. It's about human nature. It's about how we really are, especially when we're free to be who we are. And then there's all the other stuff that people make up along the way. Um, and he talks about it differently than I do, because I say, yeah, capitalism is an ideology. It's the correct ideology. It's, it's the one, it's the, the right social, social and economic system that protects rights. And so we should be advocating for it. And I think he would agree with that, but he would say it's not really an ideology. It's a, it's a methodology. And his statement is that capitalism is all about measurement. It's, it's what you can measure. And you realize from your own personal success that you grow up and then you look forward only and make progress only when you measure yourself against the past. And it's fascinating to me when, when he gets into your head that way and saying, wait, you have to be able to stand with some confidence about what the future is going to be, but you can only do that realizing that you have done some things already. You've already accomplished some things. Even talking about, you know, an infant. I mean, to me, it's fascinating how much, how much work infants go through uh, just to become, you know, little children. First of all, they're like little blobs, right? They're lovable little blobs. Yeah, not always lovable. Oftentimes, they're a pain in the ass, especially if, you know, if they're uh, hungry or tired or have to go to the bathroom or whatever it is. But they put out enormous effort and energy just to learn how to roll over in a crib. I mean, and that's how often, oftentimes why they sleep so much, right? I mean, just thinking in terms of the muscular, muscular effort to roll over in a club, crib and then stand up on the edge of a crib, you know, with their, their limbs shaking and then they fall down or, or trying to walk, you know, crawling, walking, enormous, enormous uh, physical effort to learn how to do that and to, to build their muscles um, that's the physical part of, but there's also even the mental part or the, or the physical part with their senses. I mean, uh, if you think back and most people can't really remember or identify that much in terms of being an infant, but they're, they're literally seeing a blur. They're not really even able to make distinctions between the various objects in a room, right? The chair versus the couch versus the table versus the, the colors that the walls are. And they can, you know, they can pretty quickly catch movement, you know, their, their mother movement, uh, of course, but maybe a dog or a ball moving, but they, it's an effort. Uh, it's comes somewhat automatically, but it's an effort to begin to say, no, this is distinct from that. And so I only bring up this issue of an infant because most people forget that kind of effort that they went through just as a initial human being. And then, of course, to acquire language and to learn skills and to become a productive person in terms of being able to participate in a trading economy. But his point is that people have to be able to celebrate their past. And each individual, as a unique person, has to be able to go through those, you know, those struggles and achievements that they've had and make sure they account for them, make sure they measure them. That's really interesting to me because I know I've been thinking recently, like, am I struggling enough? Am I learning enough? You know, I know at work, there's lots for me to learn. I'm in consulting and constantly being bombarded with new things that I don't know that I'm asking others or looking up or just going through, just trying to learn on my own. But I want to just in my life in general, you know, am I growing? And I, I think that's a great 
point because I'm coming to the conclusion that I need to push myself more. I'm not really being an entrepreneur, just in my life in general. So is that because you are, are sort of resting on your laurels? And, and that's the thing is he goes through this process itself of, of people you know, who get a certain amount of success. And if they get the, that certain amount of success, both whether it's internal or external recognition for it, if they don't have another goal, if they don't have something else that they want to achieve, then they're going to slip and go backwards or, or, or they'll cause problems. You know, the people who get bored... Um, oftentimes cause problems in their relationships or their job. But when you say you're not struggling enough, what do you mean by that? I don't know. I just wonder by that, am I challenging myself enough? And by that, I mean, I think when I challenge myself, I grow yeah. and I learn. And I don't know if I'm doing enough of that. I don't think I'm resting on my laurels. I think I'm always trying new things, trying to do interesting things, but am I doing enough of that? Yeah. And I don't know that the answer is yes. Yeah, and I don't know if they're, I mean, only, again, he, I would bet he would say, you know, you're the only one who can truly answer that because it depends on what, you know, what you want your life to look like. And um, there's all this ever-evolving way of looking at yourself and your past to determine what you want to have in the future. Um, but again, he's saying it's not about, like, a political ideology, which I think is kind of fascinating because I think it definitely is, it has a political aspect in terms of, you know, the kind of system we want that allows for people to, to grow and to thrive. The other point I would make is that, I mean, he, he definitely, I, you know, I mentioned he, he is probably one of the best known coaches of entrepreneurs in the world. And many people who might be listening to this might say, well, okay, I don't know how this is going to apply to me. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm in a job. I don't have that much control over, you know, the, the big picture. Um, so I'm not wanting to start a business. That's not me. And that's probably not all that he's talking about. No. Right? And I think, you know, he, he's talking about the entrepreneurial mindset. Now, obviously it does apply to formal entrepreneurs who've taken that risk, who've said, you know, I'm going to be in charge of my business, big or small, whatever it is, I'm going to be in charge of. But you can think of, I mean, in a sense, each one of us is our own little enterprise. I mean, even if you are, are uh, going to work that, and, and in a situation that's highly controlled, you do have some control over your time after work. Uh, you can think about you know, how you're growing, as you just mentioned, what you're learning, what, what kinds of challenges you're embracing. Um, so that's kind of what he talks about. And in, in that sense, I think he would say uh, everyone is an entrepreneur or should have an entrepreneurial mindset, a growth mindset. And I think that's the kind of culture that capitalism does engender you know it does engender this idea of personal responsibility and embracing embracing challenges and celebrating success uh, no matter how big or small and that's what he talks about is you know giving yourself the confidence by making sure you go backwards look backwards on your past and put it in the right context and acknowledging and celebrating and saying okay here's what I did well here's what I did learn here's what Here's my win for the day. In fact, he has a whole exercise that can, most people I know who've tried this, um, it, can, it can kind of turn your life around in the sense of just making sure you do acknowledge those successes. It's a daily exercise, just making sure you go to bed at night and acknowledge you know, three to five things that were wins for the day. You know, even if they're small, you know, whatever they are, making sure you acknowledge them. And, and that, that puts your, 
your mind in the right mindset uh, for gratitude and appreciation for what you have actually done that day, what, what you've accomplished. So his book, Capitalism and Everything Else, talks about uh, the measurement of, you know, it, it's, it's actually being able to say, let me measure, let me see how, how I'm doing and, and have some way of measuring it. And that your life is built on these, these layers of, of capability. And he talks about the five measurements. So the first measurement is being able to price your capability. And I love that term price, especially because it's, you know, prices where people agree on things. It's, it's including a whole lot of information about what the value of something is, the value of the dollars in your pocket versus the value of, of that uh, item that you're going to buy or that service you're going to buy today. You know, what is it worth? And the kind of interesting thing is you get to put a price on things of what your capabilities are. You get to say, this is what it's worth. Um, now you also have to meet a market, right? All of your value in other people's eyes starts, first of all, seeing yourself as uniquely valuable and you being able to say, this is what the value of I offer and putting a price on it and then seeing if anybody is willing to pay that or what anybody will recognize that. And oftentimes some of the best entrepreneurs put a price that no one is willing to pay on something. And then they have to teach, they have to teach, educate, market, sell, persuade and say, this is why this thing that, that I have produced and that came from my own unique ability is so valuable to you. And this is why you want it and need it. And oftentimes those are the, the, the real world changers in the first place. They're the ones who actually, you know, come up with new ideas and put a price on it. And everyone's kind of wondering why they need it in the first place. And then before you know it, it creates this whole cause and uh, cascade of demand where people are wanting. So the first measurement is pricing your capability. The second one is owning your property. And he talks about property much more broadly than the, the, than the physical property that you have. Uh, obviously, you know, we have property such as the money in the bank that we have and the real estate we own if we own any real estate or vehicles or you know, musical instruments or uh, tools that we might have. Those are all property. But those aren't the most important property. The most important property is the, the kind of capability I have. And people, for people who only see physical property as the importance, they're not seeing th their own influence, their own impact, or the ability to collaborate with other people as property. But that's, you know, th that impact property is perhaps even more important because it actually gives you the ability to, it's what gives you the ability to produce physical goods and services. And so how the world responds to um, your own unique growth and capability is partly what will determine the value of your property. So the third of what Dan Sullivan calls capitalism five, five measurements is improving your productivity. And being productive means taking your own capabilities, your own skills, your own ability to get work done, to get it done faster, to get more done with less time and effort. And that's what we mean by productivity, the ability to, to do more with less. And you can leverage AI to do that, by the way. That's right. That's one of the exciting things about AI. And again, you know, we, we have in prior episodes talked about uh, artificial intelligence and the, the potential fear that strikes in people. But we've also tried to put that in perspective uh, with regard to the whole history of innovation. And whenever you've had people doing something different, you know, in a dramatic way, there were always people who said, no, we can't do it that way. That's going to put people out of jobs and that's going to change the whole world and that's going to shake things up. 
not realizing how many ripple, how many positive ripple effects that it would have. Um, but that is the key: is is actually being able to do more with less, uh, more with less input. And a big part of that in today's world is that whole idea of collaboration, being able to match people up, being able to say, okay, here is your unique ability and here's mine. We complement each other. We don't have the same unique abilities. I don't know how to do what you're doing. You don't know how what I'm doing. Let's make sure we're either trading or collaborating to, to produce something even more valuable. Number four is increasing your profitability. And that's, this is where you know, the, the idea of having it all come together you know, being able to put the right price on your capability and, and then acknowledging the property that you have, ownership, um, and then increasing its productivity for more profit. You're able to profit more and more because more and more people will benefit. And that's what, that's what you know, the great entrepreneurs uh, at any time frame do is they, they actually create something of such value. They're benefiting so many more people than just themselves by their innovation and creativity that they are able to earn uh, above average profits and, and they are able to profit for a long time. So the more they follow those P's, and if you'll notice, there's all five of these key measurements he has as, as a P, pricing, property, productivity, and profitability. The more you actually are using those P's in your life, the more you're able to have a multiplier effect in terms of creating more profitability. And the, and the fifth and final P is just expanding your prosperity. So once you're able to capitalize on your capability and the ability to price it correctly and acknowledging the value of your own property, not just physical property, but the, the mental work that you put in, the mental skills, the unique abilities that you have, the, the way, the lens that you look at the world, you're able to be much more productive, create profits, and then to expand your own prosperity. And that's the key to, to having a capitalist system where people think in those terms, actually, actually using those five measurements uh, to build a better life. So is that the, the core of the book then, Mike, is a focus on those five Ps that we just discussed? Exactly. The core of it is to say, you know, forget about the politicization of this kind of thing. This is how people are. I mean, that's why he uses the phrase everything else. Because capitalism is just acknowledging how human beings are. And, and we've talked before about you know, the whole idea of self-interest. You know, capitalism is a system where people can express themselves and, and to uh, freely acknowledge their interests, their own uh, ends, what they want for their life, making the best life they can, including earning great profits, but also including uh, collaborating with the people that they they really enjoy working with, uh, expressing themselves. So it's in a self, in a sense, a selfish interest uh, to say, you know, this is what it is. This is how people are, and everything else is just a bunch of a bunch of other other things that people want to talk about. But that's not how really people are. People really are saying, well, I want to do better in my life. I want to make my life great, and to do that, I have to acknowledge that. I'm a social being most often, and I want to collaborate with other people, and I want to be a part of a team that actually creates more value. And is there a benefit that the author sees to referring to capitalism as a methodology rather than as an ideology? I think the benefit he would say is that it it takes some, especially in today's world where we have this, you know, this many people observe this political polarization, 
and talk about left, right, Republican, Democrat, you know, all that kind of conservative, liberal, he's saying that's all a bunch of BS because people are capitalists. In a real true sense, people want to live and then improve and thrive. And the way they do that, and the way they can do that successfully is first of all, being able to measure these things in your own life, realizing that your life is built on these layers of measurement and capability, being able to correctly price your capability, knowing you know, self-knowledge about what you can offer the world, and then growing that, and then, and then acquiring some property, realizing you have property to start with. I mean, we, we talk oftentimes in terms of capitalism, you know, the first property you have is your own body and mind. That's, that's the first things that you own. And you're using those things to improve your own body and mind by by changing the world in some way uh, and by creating more value and owning property, first of all, and then taking that property and being more productive with it. And once you're more productive, then you're, you're able to uh, produce su- surplus value, which is profits. And then, and then once you're able to, to acknowledge all those things, you, then you have an ongoing ability to create more prosperity for yourself and others. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say the, the real benefit to acknowledging it as a methodology versus a political ideology is to take that polarization out of the equation and just to acknowledge human nature, so to speak. So what's the Mike verdict on the book? Is it a must-read for Defenders of Capitalism? I wouldn't say it's a must-read. I would, I would highly recommend it. I mean, there's probably only maybe 10 books that are must-read. Maybe we should do an episode on that sometime. Yeah. You know, there's so many great books on uh, capitalism, but they're usually done at a level of uh, the macro. You know, they're, they're addressing how uh, capitalist systems create more good, more wealth for a nation. You know, we go back to... Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, he was talking about the nation, you know, a nation does better if it acknowledges that, you know, free trade is better than, you know, mercantilism and all kinds of other systems. Sullivan's talking about you as an individual, you being a capitalist, not capitalism as a system, but you being a capitalist, acknowledging that that is the way to thrive, is, is to, first of all, measure those things and measure them properly. I mean, one of the things that sometimes people get confused about is, measurement being judging and judging being negative. You didn't measure up. You know, there's a, there, there's a movie called uh, A Knight's Tale that the, the bad guy steps on somebody's neck and says, you have been weighed and you have been measured. You know, the, I always think about that when you talk about judging, you know, judgy uh, in a negative sense. But he's not talking about that at all. In fact, he really emphasizes the kind of judgment that needs to happen is you need to acknowledge your own unique path and where you how you got to the stage you're at right now no matter where that is if you you know even if you are homeless and think of yourself as a horrible failure and maybe by many external views you could see yourself that way i'm a failure in life sullivan's approach would say well let's step back and look at how you got here look at uh, you know if we're looking at the past look at how you got to this point and there are multiple successes that you had along the way now, maybe you didn't have, you know, clear enough goals and you didn't realize, you know, the motivations you had, but you can always look back on the past and say, there's some wins there. There's some amazing wins there. And, you know, I, I, I gave you the examples of an infant, you know, and everyone can do that. We've all been, all adults w- went through infanthood and had to learn how to walk and had to learn how to speak 
you know, and those are amazing achievements. And it might sound uh, ridiculous to say, well, okay, I'm going to celebrate my ability to walk now. But if a person thinks about it, there's plenty of people out there who are not walking well. And if you, if you, if you, if you break it down like that, he's saying it's an individualist, it's an individual system. It's not, it's, it's a wonderful thing that works for the broader community, the broader state or uh, collective or nation, but it only works when individuals are taking responsible responsibility for their own lives. And that responsibility means being able to look at your past in the right kind of context. Well, I, I might pick it up, Mike. It sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I would say I would say it's definitely something somebody should. And, and there's another one like this that he's written, and I might uh, jump in very briefly and talk about that. The book, the title of this one's called "Wanting What You Want." It's basically saying that uh, entrepreneurs and successful people get out of the habit of thinking in terms of need or scarcity. They think in terms of what they want, not what they need, but what they want. And it's a fascinating thing when you play with that in your own mind of what motivates you. You know, d- does anyone really get motivated by need? Well, we do in the sense of you know our survival depends upon you know having certain productivity or certain either someone's going to feed me or I have to feed myself. Right? I have to produce enough to have food and shelter, um, and those are needs that I have. But graduating from that and seeing the beauty in being able to say, no, this is what I want. These are things that I want, and I don't have to have a justification for them. And he's saying that the best entrepreneurs and the best, most happiest people out there are the ones who are wanters, and they get rid of that. They shed that uh, scarcity mentality uh, and realize that the, the capitalist system is built on not scarcity, but abundance, and, and that there is incredible abundance out there. It's just a matter of us being able to combine elements, right? Either physical, uh, chemical elements, if we're trying to create a product of some kind, or elements amongst people, trying to put the right group of people together to, to, to achieve a, a greater end or a greater goal, good. And that's oftentimes what managers and entrepreneurs do, is they, they organize capital, either physical capital or, or or uh, intellectual capital in terms of creating uh, values. Well, it sounds like another good one, Mike. It is. I would I would highly recommend people if they're interested in in understanding capitalism, not from again, not from a political ideological standpoint. And you know, we we definitely spend enough time on that here. And I I, I in a sense disagree with him on that. Although I, my bet is that he does agree with the whole idea of capitalism being the only moral socioeconomic system. He's, he's selling it in a different way. He's selling it to, to you as more of a life system. Uh, as an individual, here's how you can have a better life. Going back to uh, capitalism and everything else that he talks about, one of the major things is when you're talking about owning property, he talks about the, the, the fascinating word we use for appreciation and that it has two really, really wonderful, useful meanings. Uh, first of all, appreciation being grateful. You know, I, I appreciate you, Mitch, being here and collaborating with me on this podcast. I'm grateful for all the efforts that you put into this, as well as Crescent and, and the production that she puts into making this sound good. But there's also appreciation as in it becomes more valuable. So it's, it's the, the gratitude that we have but on the other hand, in the economic world, it means to have an ongoing increase in value. You know, your house appreciates or this podcast appreciates in value, right? 
Um, and I think that's a, an important point that he makes about thinking about your property that way. Being grateful for the property, let's say your house uh, or your car or, or you know, your tennis racket or whatever it might be that you would really appreciate as property of your own, but then having it become more valuable, not necessarily to other people, but more valuable to you, it's appreciating, increasing in value because of the way you're, you're viewing it and using it. Appreciation is that which sort of links the pricing and the property, uh, those two first measurements that uh, Sullivan talks about. You know, that's interesting. I haven't thought about it that way before. So yeah, I would be a, a, an advocate of people listening to and, and reading Dan Sullivan, uh, someone who's got that kind of experience, talking to, coaching, learning from. You know, uh, he's lots better at what he does today than even when I went through the course. Uh, but being able to look through his eyes at people who are uh, better wanters and better producers than than you might be at this point in time, and and learning from them and learning from what they've uh, they've achieved. Uh, to become a better person yourself. So we are in a unique time period in history where more and more people can become formally capitalists in the sense of, or entrepreneurs, in the sense of taking more control, more freedom over their own time, their own uh, money, their own property. And as I mentioned, I think Dan Sullivan is someone who people should and can learn from in terms of being able to appreciate and understand and expand on their own prosperity um, in the widest possible sense. That means increasing their own personal success, but also transforming their own abilities and the abilities around them, of people around them, to be more productive, profitable, valuable, and happy. And so with that, I'm just going to wrap up. Uh, Hopefully people have enjoyed this unique episode of My Capital Idea, and hopefully you'll share this and let us know if you want us to talk about any other books or movies or concepts or applications of capitalism, the only moral socioeconomic system.